Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyday Theology, where we connect theological truths to the everyday believer. I'm your host, Ben Campbell, and thanks so much for joining us for another episode. Today is part three of our Disciplines for Expository Preparation, and we're going to cover Disciplines 7, 8, and 9. And so the seventh discipline we're going to start with is theological instruction in the preparation of sermons. Preaching is a message from God. Therefore, it is theology. Since theology is always present in preaching, then uh, one man says it is, quote, God talk, end quote. Uh, Peter exhorts his readers always to be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in them. And so that requires a foundation of doctrinal certainty. In other words, what Peter's doing is he is encouraging his readers uh, to defend the gospel to which they have devoted their lives. And it's from that word defense where our English word apologetics comes. Therefore, a defense of the gospel necessitates theological knowledge. And so if pastors are to correctly interpret and correctly understand the truth of which is contained within the biblical text, the only result when one preaches is theology coming through a man who is on fire. And of course, we get that from Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, Preaching and Preachers. And Lloyd-Jones even uh, further states that the chief end of preaching is to give people a sense of God and His presence. And since God and His presence are understood and experienced through His Son Jesus, preaching must be Christological. And for preaching to be Christological, it must be centered upon and solely focused on Christ. This was the message of the Reformers when they claimed solus Christus. And Joel Beakey affirms that if one loses any sense of Christ in their preaching, the substantial tenet of Christianity is forsaken. Such theological instruction in preaching requires an attitude of devotion to God and His Word, and it focuses upon learning all truth contained within Holy Scripture. It is similar to J.I. Packer's method of theologizing, which involves developing one's theological framework from the Scriptures rather than from another scholar's work. Therefore, theological knowledge does not only come from Bible colleges or seminaries, though such formal education is very much a benefit to those who can obtain it. But theological knowledge should begin with one's study of the Bible. And hence, this knowledge that comes from one's study of the Bible should then translate into every facet of one's preaching. Tom Nettles offers a similar approach in his Principles for Preachers. He says, number one, preaching should propagate doctrine, and number two, preaching is the product of doctrine. In other words, what Nettles is saying is that preaching is doctrinal from its genesis. Doctrine and theology fuel the sermon and fill it with content, and so an absence of doctrine is no sermon worth preaching, and the propagation of doctrine is the beginning of the pastor's efforts to develop and construct a sermon. However, the development of doctrine in the exegetical stage of preparation doesn't fizzle out as the process moves forward. Instead, it stays the course throughout until the pastor closes his Bible on Sunday. Thus, the necessity of theological instruction is to instruct a congregation in the knowledge and truth of God. 
And pastors do their congregation a disservice when there is an absence of theological instruction in their preaching. Many pastors spend their time looking into cultural trends and fads that, they believe, aid in their preaching. But yet, they neglect the notion that God's Word is sufficient to fill the content for their sermon. And many congregants often don't understand the weight of theology, and so they end up ignoring it altogether. They ignore the reality that knowledge of anything at all is knowledge of God. Consequently, what many Christians do not understand is that the very nature of Christian truth is theological. And that, that reality does not imply that preaching ought to be incomprehensible. Instead, what it does it is, is it aims to strengthen its content with biblical truth rather than stories or material from popular culture. The Bible is sufficient to fend for itself. Therefore, pastors must do, as Spurgeon says, give a clear testimony to all the doctrines which constitute or lie around the gospel. So the centrality of the gospel in theological instruction must be the goal of every pastor as he proclaims the message of God in Christ. But the reality one must realize is that theological instruction is gibberish without application. And that's number eight in the disciplines of expository preparation, application in the preparation of sermons. If a pastor's sermon lacks application, his sermon is void of the characteristics necessary for Christian proclamation. Expository preaching in general is absent unless there is application of exposed truth to the hearers. Herschel York explains, Our job is more than just explaining the text. Our job is to make it vibrant, fresh, and accessible. And so application is accomplished best by having a central idea in which to communicate the entire sermon in one short sentence. Some scholars will call this the central theme, others name it the big idea. But regardless of one's terminology, the sermon should have one main proposition explaining how the passage of Scripture relates to the listener. Now, an important exhortation to aid pastors in applying their sermons is to preach from their hearts to the hearts of their hearers. The application of the biblical text should affect the pastor before it ever applies to those under his proclamation. The pastor's heart must be like the psalmist who declares, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. You see, only truth that applies to the heart of the pastor will more readily apply to the listener. The Puritan preachers embody this principle in most substantial ways. They were conscious of every single effort to reach the heart of their congregation by the format of which they proclaimed the gospel. And so, the goal of preaching is to be that the Word of God will be at work in the pastor and then will translate to the working of God in the hearts of the congregation. But for the pastor to apply biblical truth correctly to his hearers, he also has to be present in their lives and be able to observe how his congregates live, and that is the ninth discipline of expository preparation, observing life in the preparation of sermons. Observing life is a phrase claiming that pastoral leadership comes best by characterizing relational ministry with the pastor's congregation. 
You see, when pastors are shepherds, they understand the necessity of spending time with their sheep. Shepherding is never successful if there is no time spent with the sheep of which they are in charge. And so pastors must spend time with those under their leadership and care. He must get to know them. He must know how they think and how they live and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And unless the pastor is spending adequate time with his people, he's going to have quite a difficulty applying his sermons to those sitting in his pews each and every week. This type of preaching is what the Puritans of old call experiential preaching. Murray Capel proffers the same advice to his readers with a probing question. He says, If we cannot connect the dots between biblical truth and life as it really is, what makes us think our people will after the sermon? So the observation of life is necessary to apply the sermon carefully to those under the pastor's watch and care. And so the disciplines for expository preparation are necessary for the pastor's soul care, but they're also necessary to aid in the pastor's sermon construction. You see, this list of disciplines really is not exhaustive, but they do prompt pastors to step back and take an honest look at their sermon preparation. Submitting himself to Christ through prayer, meditation, and Bible intake is going to allow the pastor to begin his sermon preparation with a clear mind and a pure heart because it's going to focus on his growth and holiness that is only aided by a union with Jesus Christ through the Spirit of God. But once the spirituality of the pastor is in full view, his sanctification is the focal point of his spiritual life. And the sanctification of a pastor is necessary to embody the faithful yet fruitful Christian life. And this embodiment is going to allow the pastor to interpret the Bible with pure motives and without sinful presuppositions as he interprets and exegetes the text he will be preaching. But yet, the pastor must not only search for the meaning of a text, but also the theological underpinnings detailed within it. And then he must apply the sermon to his listeners. And he does this, of course, by building relationships with his congregants, by observing life with them, and he can determine the most appropriate ways to communicate the text from his heart to the heart of his listeners because he has observed life with them. It starts with the pastor's heart, and it ends with the congregant's heart. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Everyday Theology. For more information, go to everydaytheology.co.